tragic complexities and no good choices. How progressives killed American theater. And is the American Academy of Pediatrics placing its own members at risk? Welcome to Fair News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit this podcast's episode description. Dear friends of Fair, warm days, brisk nights, and the brilliant fall mountainscape of golden Colorado just outside Denver was the perfect backdrop for Gen Spec's first U.S. conference, The Bigger Picture, last weekend. The event brought together FAIR chapter leaders, supporters, and luminaries from across the gender space. FAIR was honored to kick off the weekend by hosting a reception with FAIR and Medicine Director Dr. Carrie Mendoza, FAIR Executive Director Monica Harris, and FAIR Board of Advisors Lisa Celine Davis and Stella O'Malley, the tireless founder of Genspect. Friday's night reception also lured Colin Wright, Christina Buttons, and Xander Kegg, dedicated gender enthusiasts who helped launch Farron Medicine in its early days. Attendees enjoyed riveting presentations and panel discussions featuring experts in a wide range of fields who hold a myriad of perspectives on the complex and increasingly politicized subject of gender ideology. Eminent scientists, researchers, lawyers, doctors, psychologists, sociologists, educators, and well-known detransitioners challenged the evidence base for gender-affirming care. They described the widespread damage that gender identity ideology has wrought. James Lindsay made the case that gender activism has become the leading edge of the Marxification of America. Wilfred Riley used his sardonic wit to expose the detransitioner time bomb denied by gender activists. Whistleblower case manager Jamie Reed, who described her poignant journey from transgender activist to advocate, working to end medical transition in children and adolescents, reminded us that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Corinna Cohn, a transgender woman, shared the importance of being willing to talk across our differences and forming relationships with local lawmakers. And Chloe Cole gave a heart-wrenching account of the physical and emotional roller coaster she rode while taking cross-sex hormones in her mid-teens. Also in attendance were thought leaders like investigative journalist Michael Schellenberger, who dropped a tantalizing teaser to his upcoming WPATH, World Professional Association for Transgender Health, files. Due to be released next month, courageous Farron Medicine medical students, grieving parents of traumatized children who were coerced into abandoning puberty, detransitioners bearing the physical scars and emotional pain that have forever transformed them, filmmakers, Twitter celebrities, and a welcoming but slightly bewildered hotel staff. Paired with a live streaming of O'Malley's and Sasha Ide's podcast, Gender, A Wider Lens, the bigger picture addressed all facets of this many-layered issue. While many engaged in the fight to stop the harm from regressive gender ideas often faced frustration and despair, a weekend filled with research, personal stories, and data gave participants a new sense of hope and energy. Genspect is intended to be the first of a series of counter-conferences to WPATH and the European Professional Association for Transgender Health, EPATH, an organization that brooks no debate and falsely asserts that the science is settled. 2023's first The Bigger Picture conference took place in Killarney, Ireland, only a few blocks away from the EPATH-WPATH conference. 
FAIR remains uniquely positioned to encourage open discourse on timely and important cultural issues such as gender ideology. GenSpect embodies FAIR's commitment to advancing pro-human, high-quality, evidence-based medical care and supporting rigorous research into important and often difficult subject matter. Sincerely, Dr. Carrie Mendoza, Director of FAIR in Medicine, and Monica Harris, the Executive Director of FAIR. For FAIR Substack, Grayson Slover wrote a review of The Identity Trap, A Story of Ideas and the Power in Our Time by Yasha Monk. Slover writes, Regardless of how one views the long-standing political conflict between Israel and Palestine, most people understand that raping and murdering innocent civilians and gleefully filming it for social media goes far beyond politics. What could explain this unconscionable reaction from so many progressives? Why are the same people who insist there is a trans genocide taking place in our country siding with a group that has genocide in its charter? According to political scientist Yasha Monk, the reaction we are witnessing is a manifestation of the identity synthesis, an ideology that seeks to place group identities like race, ethnicity, sex, and gender at the center of social, cultural, and political life. The identity synthesis, which most people will recognize by the name wokeness, has been the subject of numerous recent books. However, Monk claims his latest book, The Identity Trap, A Story of Ideas in Our Time, provides the most ambitious and comprehensive account to date of its origins, consequences, and limitations. For the Tune Into Leadership blog, Fair Advisor Greg Thomas wrote about a recent podcast conversation he had with Wynton Marsalis on the Omni American podcast. Thomas states, This month, the aspect of leadership that has been most acute for me is the discipline to continue to study and question and to be rigorous. Since the incursion of Israel on October 7th by a murderous death cult, Hamas, I've gone deep into the shed of study about the history of the Israel-Palestine conflict and forces at play in the Middle East. I have had passionate exchanges with my family about it, listened to interviews, watched documentaries, and begun reading books by people of various ideological and scholarly perspectives, all to fill the huge gaps in my understanding of a complex, tragic history and current reality. I deplore Hamas, yet I don't conflate them with Palestinians overall. I've also learned about the statements by and actions of Israeli politicians, settlers, and the military even before this war with which I strongly disagree while maintaining my allegiance with the Jewish people and their overall struggle. For his substack, The State of the Arts, Fair in the Arts fellow Clifton Duncan wrote the first in a three-part series covering the predictable self-immolation of America's theater industry. Duncan states, The field is a collection of outcasts and misfits who generally forego wealth and stability to devote themselves to a vocation that brings magic and meaning into their lives. It is a difficult life where unemployment is the norm and the source of the next paycheck is always in doubt. For this reason alone, let alone the egos and the outsized personalities that dominate the profession, conservative-minded people, more drawn to the career-to-marriage-to-family-life model, tend to steer clear of the profession. Moreover, as with many artistic fields, the theater generally trends, or used to trend, more liberal in its disposition. It arguably needs to be so, 
as slavish devotion to strict moral codes or social mores would render it too inflexible to mine the nooks and crannies of the human condition which form the basis of great drama and comedy. In the last decade, however, the American theater has done exactly this, shooting past liberalism and zealously embracing a virulent religious progressivism whose chief accomplishment has been isolating the industry from the rest of the country. For City Journal, Lior Sapir wrote about how new lawsuits and a panel on gender and sexuality at the American Academy of Pediatrics' recent conference signal trouble for pediatricians who rely on its guidance. Fair and Medicine's Dr. Carrie Mendoza is quoted as she recounts her experience and takeaways from the conference. They state, Perhaps not coincidentally, the plaintiffs announced the new lawsuits on the opening and closing days of the AAP's annual conference, which ran from October 20th to October 24th in Washington, D.C. According to Carrie Mendoza, who helped set up a booth at the conference to bring awareness to the problems of gender medicine, the vast majority of AAP members with whom we engaged in discussion either shared our concerns or had no knowledge of gender medicine and wanted to learn more. Unfortunately, those who agreed that something was wrong with how we help kids with distress over their bodies said they feared the personal and professional repercussions of voicing their concerns. Her group's major takeaway from the conference, Mendoza said, was that there is a broken chain of trust in the field of pediatrics. The AAP's members reasonably trust their professional association to adhere to scientific methods and reasonably trust that the AAP will convene committees to issue statements and guidelines based on the best available evidence, she said. But when the chain of trust is broken, it can take time before members notice dysfunction. For his substack, Silver Bulletin, Nate Silver wrote about how young liberals are abandoning free speech and other groups are too comfortable with tit-for-tat hypocrisy. Silver says, True, a lot of university presidents have expressed a conveniently timed newfound commitment to free expression that didn't match their previous behavior. Still, if I were one of those donors, I'd say, Great, and now we're going to hold you to it. The next time you stray from your commitment to free speech, particularly when it comes to students or faculty who express conservative or centrist viewpoints. We're going nuclear, permanently ending all contributions to the university and telling all our rich friends to do the same. And although I'm not sure I have any business talking to college students, although I have delivered a number of guest lectures and commencement addresses, if I were, I'd use this as a teaching moment, telling students that now that they've found out what it's like to stand up for a controversial, unpopular position, I'd hope they'd be more respectful of the rights of others to do the same. Join Fair in Medicine as well as special guest moderator Leslie Elliott with Sasha Eide, Lisa Marciano, and Stella O'Malley on Thursday, December 7th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern for a discussion on their new book, When Kids Say They're Trans, a guide for thoughtful parents. Hear about their experiences as professionals working in the field and their specific advice for parents with gender-questioning children who do not believe that hasty medical intervention is the best path forward. Don't miss this special conversation. Register now with the link below. Pro-human school board leadership. I won my election, now what? Congratulations, you've successfully won your election to represent your community, parents, students, teachers, and everyone who has a stake in your school district. 
Now the real work begins. Join Farron Education on Thursday, December 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern to learn how to hit the ground running and immediately make an impact as a pro-human school board leader. In this session, we will cover essential topics to help you onboard your new role and build relationships to influence, drive change, and serve effectively. Register today with the link in the description. We want the Fair Substack to be the go-to publication for diverse perspectives on culture and civil rights. Whether you're a seasoned author or an amateur writer with a story that can contribute to our mission of promoting fairness, understanding, and humanity, we would love to receive your stories, opinions, investigations, reviews, interviews, and more. Please send your piece to submissions at fairforall.org. We hope to hear from you. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe. Share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories or visit the episode description. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org donate.